Now, in order to share some things with you today, I want to look at a template in the Bible of a church. And it's the church of Thessalonica, and I'm just going to spend a moment here just as a backdrop to what we're talking about regarding our vision and what's happening with our church. The church of Thessalonica was a church plant, a new church that the Apostle Paul started whenever he went to that city on his second missionary journey, preached the gospel there, obviously went into the synagogue, which is the gathering place for the Jews, but there were Gentiles that gathered at the synagogue as well. The word was preached, the gospel was communicated, and people received Christ, and it was kind of out of a lot of conflict because some received it gladly and others were greatly opposed to the gospel and it created all kinds of struggle and tumult. Nevertheless, a church was birthed. Well, Paul went back to that city after leaving one of his uh, mission travel buddies there to kind of get that church settled and planted in, in the Word. Eventually, they went back and then established uh, elders and leaders and all that for that church. When we get to the book of 1 Thessalonians, Paul writes them a letter to encourage them because this church was actually a very persecuted church and birthed in a difficult time. We cannot necessarily liken ourselves to that because I don't see our church going through in total like anything like what was happening in Thessalonica in the day, though individually many in our church have had some big challenges. But there's some words that Paul used to commend this church that I think serve as a great template for who we are, who we want to be as we go forward. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, and in verse 3, he said in his prayers, remembering without ceasing your work of faith, labor of love, and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ and in the sight of God our Father. Now, he calls three things to remembrance. First is their work of faith. And all of this is in the sight of God because the eye of the Lord is over the righteous and His ear is open to their prayer. The eye of the Lord observes the work of faith and I'm going to talk about this work of faith today in our church because faith that works is a, it's the aspect of God working in you and you working out what God is working in. And so we walk by faith and not by sight. We work by faith and not by our own willpower and our own fleshly deeds if it's the work of faith. The work of faith is something that when, uh, when we are shining that light of that type of work with the good works, men see that and glorify our Father which is in heaven, according to Matthew chapter 5. Well, this work of faith is something that we see in our own church when it comes to how do we flesh out what God is doing in each of us. And this becomes the work of the ministry and how we serve one another and care for one another and work in our community. Quite frankly, this is our bold faith commitments that we've made in the last many weeks, months, and some of you for years. Bold faith being it's courageous, it's confidence, walking in the manner with God, trusting God by faith for what He can do, not what you can do in your own power. And so by bold faith, we trust God in our prayer life. And that's what Paul charged this church with, was to pray without ceasing. They were already a praying church, but he was charging them to rejoice evermore and pray without ceasing to see God do miraculous things you cannot explain by doing it on your own. And that's the charge we have in our bold faith journey is to pray. We spent time back on that several weeks ago 
as we examine bold faith in trusting God for, in prayer. Individually and corporately together, which is why we also have in our church community groups. That's the blue card in your in your information today is to give you a glimpse of some of the community groups that we have in our church. These community group leaders lead most of the time from their homes. This is the place in our church where prayer happens. That was the birthing place of prayer groups um, that for that intended purpose, meeting usually one time per month. We also have groups that meet together for Bible studies, but these particular groups are specific to prayer groups. These are the groups that meet for the sake of meeting the needs in their community, the immediate community. These serve and support and care and concern. We might call them deacons because that's the New Testament term that is used oftentimes when you see people that are servant leaders and that's what these folks do is lead in their manner of service. They're engaged in discipleship and Bible study. They're engaged in the support, the prayer, the visits, the hospital, the visits at home. They're engaged in the bereavement meals, the helps and all the supports. That's what happens in community group and those who lead those function in that role. It's a very critical role to our church and there are those that not only are listed on this card that lead that way, but also there's a support helps that comes in around all of that too. So there's a very important function that takes place in our ministry. But this is the work of faith, working out in terms of serving in church and in community. This work of faith in our bold faith steps was also not just prayer, but it was also in sharing the gospel. This church of Thessalonica was known for this. Paul said this in chapter 1, verse 8 about him. He said, For from you the word of the Lord sounded forth not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place. Your faith toward God has gone out so that we don't need to say anything. Paul's traveling and where he goes, he's wanting to tell people about the church of Thessalonica and the great work God's doing in their church. Yet everywhere he goes, he's having people tell him, Hey, have you heard about what's happening in Thessalonica? And the faith of these people is being spread abroad. What we do as a church is not intended for our own reputation in the, in the community. That's not the, that is not why we do anything. If you do the work of faith, though, you will end up establishing a reputation for being a people of faith. Of seeing God do miraculous things. And people do talk about that. But our bold faith step is in sharing the gospel. And that was what this church was really known for, is they are now making the word of God sound abroad so people can come to know Jesus Christ as Savior. And this is what we're going to talk about as we watch through even our, our uh, uh, contributions and our budgets and all this. Is I want us to see all of the things we do that even have economic means connected to it of the vision of why do we do this and what all happens with that. And it, sharing the gospel, of course, happens individually where you are in your workplace and in your families and your neighborhoods, your sports clubs and all the things you're a part of. But there's a collective aspect of that that we do as a church as well, where we labor together and go into specific spots in order to build relationships and share the gospel. Well, Paul commended them for their work of faith and this bold faith of prayer, sharing the gospel, Engagement in ministry. This engagement in ministry for the church of Thessalonica was seen when they turned from sin and turned to God. They turned away from idols. They were serving idols and now they're serving the living God. And this is what it looks like for all of us when we engage in service in some aspect of ministry and there are a multitude. 
Everything of what it takes in order for us to gather together effectively on a Sunday morning requires a lot of people to do a lot of stuff. But it's beyond that because in order for the ministry to go into the community and then spread globally, it takes a lot of people doing a lot of stuff. That is the service side. And so my challenge has been and always will be. Do you have some aspect of your life where your hands on the plow helping the, pull the plow forward in order for the gospel, the seed of the gospel to be sown in a place? And some of those things are behind the scenes that no one will ever see, and some of it's very much out front. It doesn't matter about that role. It's the issue is, is everyone has their hand on the plow in some way. And Paul commends them for this. And certainly we see in our bold faith, it's a bold faith aspect of our giving. And this church of Thessalonica, though persecuted, and in this area of Macedonia and the region in which they're in, later, we've already talked about this when I talked about bold faith giving, but this was a church that was a giving church, even though they were in an impoverished, persecuted area, very difficult time, difficult place. The offerings that came from this multiplied and God used it supernaturally to accomplish his mission and purpose. And this is what our church, man, we have done some cool things that God's allowed us to do already. And I can't wait to tell you about all that. The work of faith. The labor of love. He said, I remember also and I pray over your labor of love. And the labor of love is an interesting phrase because it's connected to the Lord Jesus Christ. Who in his labor, you think about labor is like a, la a woman laboring in travail to have a baby. This is what Jesus' manner of ministry in going to the cross was a labor of love. We know that Jesus gave himself for us while we were yet sinners. He died for us. We know that. That's a labor of love. We know that before he went to the cross, he met with his disciples and he labored in love toward them. And he even said this when he washed their feet and demonstrated servanthood to them. He said, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples when you have love one for another. And it's this labor of love of how you minister to each other. This is so powerful because we see this in the book of Hebrews chapter 6. The term labor of love is defined as the ministry to the saints. That God doesn't forget. That God doesn't forget the ministry to the saints. When we minister in our own community, right here at one community, but also when we go around the globe and we are engaged with our global partners in the ministry that they're a part of as well, to help advance the gospel in order to meet the needs, to take the burdens away from people as much as we know how and we can. That is a labor of love. But he also encouraged this church in the aspect of their patience of hope. This is really speaking into the tribulation that they're facing and the trials that they're facing because the book of Romans teaches all of us that tribulation works patience. And that God is, is always working this into our lives. That our hope would be in the Lord Jesus Christ, the person of Christ himself, and looking for him who is the author and finisher of our faith. He is our hope. He's our consolation. We look forward to His return. We want to see Him face to face. We want to be with Him forever. And so He is our hope. But because He is our hope, there, it turns right around and goes back the other way. Because Christ is my hope, then my whole life is to be about Christ. And my investments are there. My service is there. My time is invested there. Everything about life becomes about Christ because He is my hope. He's the ultimate end, right? If it's something other than that, 
And we've replaced Christ as the, well, I'm hoping this will happen. And hope. I get those phrases. But when something becomes this center of our hope outside of Christ, it, that's what captures our heart and, and steers us away. And so this patience of hope that this church was obviously facing through great persecution, our church this year has come along in a labor of love and in patience of hope. And I can tell you has been a huge blessing that I look forward to sharing with you. Many of these things you know, but when you get to see it in the magnitude of it, it's so immense. Because we've come along with people that are in tribulation and trial and times of trial who seemingly had no hope at all. And we as a church could come alongside and love them and serve them and encourage and hope. And with that backdrop this morning, the work of faith, the labor of love, and the patience of hope. I want us to walk through this morning our update, our financial update, which sounds like, well, that seems weird. But no, because quite frankly, we are going to connect what everyone has been giving and it connects to ministry. And you say, well, does ministry have to run on money? Well, no, ministry happens without dollars, but dollars enable a lot of things to happen. And I want you to know when you choose to give, what does that mean? And we've talked about these things a little along the way. Today, we bring it all back together. We are blessed in our church. Number one, to have leadership, um, servant leadership, serving in voluntary capacities, whether as community group leaders or as trustees. And I'm, you see that listed in our information today. Our trustees serve as our financial stewards for our church. And they have very distinct responsibilities when it comes to the management of all the dollars that come in and the dollars that go out. They steward it. That means they make the determinations and the judgments for how it's to be utilized. It's a huge job. These are voluntary positions. These are, these are roles that are serving in a rotation. So these guys aren't doing this for life, most likely. So this year, our, our trustees that are serving in this capacity uh, be John George. Should see him. Yep, there's John and Jan. John George. Also Jay Hughes and his wife Nikki. And Charlie and his wife Carolyn. And Doug and his wife Elizabeth. I wanted to give you all their information, so if you ever have any questions, you can certainly ask them any question, whether uh, in any electronic form or face-to-face -face is all fine. But these men serve as trustees, and I say men because we, this year we have men serving in that role, but we are not limited to that. Um, how does someone become a trustee? Trustees are nominated. They're nominated by the pastors, they're nominated by the trustees. And so as that happens, the, a nomination takes place and is then considered. People are then asked to potentially serve in that role. And if they say, yes, I believe God would have me to do that, then we collectively as that group vote on that individual to be in that spot. As always, and this type of thing happens, is we, you may, we may nominate someone ask an individual to serve in a capacity that may not at this time, this may just not be the right time. And so people have, you know, say, I'd love to, but maybe not now. There may be reasons why that this isn't the best, the best season. We understand that. 
And so this group of men are our trustees for this next upcoming year. We, back, I announced Jay and Charlie back in the fall because we bring those guys into this role or the individuals into this role to help during the budgeting process so that they are a part of all that, see how that works, what are we dealing with with economics, because we're asking them to steward it, but you need to be a part of the process of developing it if you're going to steward it. And so the, today I formally want to announce them, show their pictures, and let you know who they are. But this is a great group of individuals with a diverse amount of uh, experience that is very helpful to us as a church. Individuals that deal with um, HR and um, personnel in their own, own industries, uh, money and banking, also dealing um, with experiences in ministry, construction, all kinds of things when it comes to facilities management. They have a very diverse amount of um, knowledge and things that we get to draw from. And so I want you to, this morning, if you don't mind, please appreciate our trustees. They do a stellar job. I want to walk us through this morning the um, budget and assets and liabilities and all these numbers. You're like, oh my heavens, I don't, I don't do numbers. Well, I'm going to try to walk through and make this real simple for us all today. But I also want you to realize what we've consolidated down into a handful of lines for a budget meeting, a normal conversation. This would be seven, eight pages long, clear down to the styrofoam cups for Sunday morning. Okay, So we're not going to bore you with that kind of thing. We're going to keep this compressed into things that make sense and bigger groupings of numbers. But I want to, there we have some things we need to celebrate. This is all stuff I've been so excited to share with you. But our current financial picture, this is what it looks like today. You can see what's in our checking account, in our money market account. Those, that, that's dollars that have been isolated specific for the building purpose. We purchased land last year. That $423,000 figure is what we paid for that land plus closing cost. And so that all you can see. We paid cash for that last January and closed on that property. We have a, a tremendous amount of asset. And we don't at this moment owe anybody any money. Well, that ought to cause you to celebrate. If you can't say amen to that, you're comatose. I don't know, what, I don't know how to help you. <laughs> That's amazing. That is amazing. Here's the financial status of our church when you consider this. A year ago, it took three, let me say this, it took three years for us to accumulate $400,000 to buy that land across the street. And in the last year, we've accumulated $400,000 again, all ready to go towards a facility to put on that property. That is amazing. Yeah. When you see the contributions that were made over the last year, and by contrast, we put in there the information so you can see 2021 as well, just so you can see the, what God's done. Is This is miraculous. You can see the numbers of what came in through our general fund, what was designated specific to the building. We had urgent missions. Those were issues that I'm going to tell you about more distinct in a moment. But these were situations that came across the board over the, over the course of the year. I stood here and asked you, would you be willing to give to this or that? And you gave, and that's the money that came in for those items. And then other income is other designations. But total contributions that came to one community church this year was over $700,000 in the year before. 
480,000 dollars in 2021. That is a massive difference. Massive difference. Praise the Lord for that. That is a miracle work of God. Amen. Now let's flesh this out to see what does all this mean to us. How was this money dispensed and where are we at now? You can see we gave you a budget. How did we begin 2022? We budgeted dollars, then we had actual dollars we spent, and then we made a budget for 2023 to move forward. So you can see what's happening with that. The ministry dollars, this is where you're dealing with men, women, children, student ministries, where um, curriculums and supplies and all the things that go with it and camps, everything that has to do with ministry function. You can see the dollars attached. Payroll, this is our staff. Last year we had uh, two full-time individuals um, and two part-time individuals. This next year we will have three full-time individuals. The, uh, we've moved Jack, um, and all of you know Jack, but he leads student ministries. He leads the praise team. Um, Jack is now leading some other ministries on and off campus for students. But Jack is moving this year into a full-time role with us, and we are really excited that we're able to do that for Jack. That's awesome. And if I might add with that, the couple of things that you need to know about this part. When it comes to the payroll, this is where the trustees meet without the pastor's presence. And their job is to discern what is the right way to pay and how to go about it. So it's, Jay was really instrumental in helping us this year when it comes to bringing some objective information about this on being able to look at, for a church our size, what is the appropriate dollar figures involved for staff, what would it look like for um, your education, your work experience, um, benefits and all those kinds of things. Super helpful with that. So that we're looking at this from where we live in Southwest Missouri and being objective about that and very clear. And then once all of that is set, then that information is dispensed back to me and then I deal with it accordingly with our staff. But our, st our, our board also determined this year, the trustees did, to give a cost of living increase to all of the staff. And, um, and so I'm grateful for that as well. And I commend them for their care for the pastors. And they take that serious when it comes to their, their role of not wanting to overspend dollars in payroll, but making sure the pastors are treated uh, very well and kindly. And I appreciate that very much. We added some benefits this year in some areas that many of you recognize this, healthcare, retirement things that are, that are pricey. And so these things were added this year that was very helpful. In addition, I wanted to mention about Jack's role because there's a lot of ministry connected to that. Jack went from part-time to full-time and has been serving. He started as a volunteer in our youth ministry, just so you'll know. And back in the days when Jack first started as a volunteer and then moved into kind of a part-time, it was not uncommon in the least to have seven, eight, ten volunteer leaders show up and maybe one or two students. And that happened a lot. Matter of fact, for a long, long time. This was ministry and patience and perseverance. But having vision for what it could be. And Jack got involved on campus, so there's several aspects of being campus ministry, of before school, after school, things that uh, he's engaged in even now. But over time, those things begin to take shape and students begin to engage in our student ministry. As many of you know, we, we recently acquired the usage of a, of a church building that we've now renovated. It was a church that went out of business. 
And we've now been able to take that, renovate it, make it a space that works for us. And um, our student, we call it the student ministry building because that's where they meet. Well, for perspective, this last week, we had 10 new students arrive at student ministries, which was awesome. But there were 30-something total students and people there to serve together. That is amazing in a short amount of time. God's done a miraculous work there. One of the other areas that Jack is now responsible for that we just launched, and that's a, an on-campus Good News Club, and Good News Club meets after school one time per week at the upper elementary. This is a place where we get to share openly the gospel with students. We had no idea what that was going to look like. But as of this last Thursday, we now have 41 students registered for Good News Club and are coming specifically to hear the word of the gospel and good news. And with that, it's amazing because half of the students registered when their parents filled out the forms, half of them do not have a church home or any engagement in a local church anywhere. God's given us a great place, but Jack oversees that as well as another responsibility. He's got several things on his plate. As part of our overall ministry and operating as well is our, our rent. Um, oh, I want to go back. Payroll. I wanted to mention a couple of things here. I'm, I about got ahead of myself. As most all of you know, Caleb um, serves as an associate minister with us as well. And people often say, well, what all does Caleb do? Well, Caleb is one of the guys that operates in the background and keeps this boat afloat. Okay, so he takes all the things that I would also be engaged in and is alongside with me and all of that and keeps everything moving forward. So things you see and things you don't see, Caleb's keeping all of that stuff moving at the same time. Every time there's a need that pops up, that instantly gets put on Caleb's list. And so is a minute, in a moment when I share with you some of the things God's let us do in our community, well, that often, that pioneers through Caleb's desk, okay, and what he's responsible for. In addition, we have a part-time individual, my wife, who um, handles our admin uh, things and also oversees ministry, and many of you know that in your correspondence with Amy, and she does a great job. Our house, as you might imagine, it's just part of being in the ministry as a pastor. We eat, drink, and sleep church, and this is what we do, and we're glad to do it. With what we, it's what we've given our life to. I'm thankful to have not only a faithful ministry partner, but someone that also is able to serve in, his, in a vocational sense even because we can just do all of this stuff together at the same time. And quite frankly, she keeps me, she keeps me afloat. Okay, And I'm really grateful for having my wife be able to serve in our ministry in the capacity that she does. Now, back to the rent. This is like boring stuff. Here, rent. Well, this year it's um, been amazing, but the school had a nominal change in their cost to our rent here because of staffing, but it had nothing to do with building. And so, man, we've been really blessed here. The operations of our church, um, this is all of the stuff. This is dealing with uh, your property insurance and all the physical things and uh, operations of office and all the, it's all the boring stuff that's in a budget line item. But one of the things that we, um, since we got the property across the street this last year, we did add a maintenance into that and created a prayer walking perimeter and went in and cleaned up the fence rows so that our property didn't look all grown over with thorns and thistles. And so as a result of that maintenance and wanting to have a good statement in our community, we spent a little extra dollars there outside of what we initially intended to accomplish that. Now this is the part I love the most. This is how we engage community and how we engage our world with the gospel and ministry. 
In order to introduce this, I'm going to have Annie Brady. She's going to help us out on video to talk into this a little bit. I went to Togo, Africa, and we went there to support our mission partners there and bring the gospel into unreached villages. It impacted me in many ways. One way is just through a greater love for God and love for people. Just magnified the work of the cross, knowing that God died for the whole world. And we know that in John 3:16, for God so loved the whole world um, and the world is condemned without him, and so it just created a greater love for God and for people to know him. I guess the biggest and best way that we saw God move was when the gospel was presented and received and souls were saved. But we also saw God move, I think, among our team because, of course, we have plans for what our day and what the trip is going to look like, but many times it didn't go to plan, and so it was almost like second nature for us to just trust in God and, and His plans in those moments and ultimately they are the plans we want to be a part of and we just want to be where He is working. There was one day where we were planning to go to a village that Mike had talked to the chief and everything was set in place but then there was some government inspection or something going on that day and so we went into a village that we hadn't communicated with before that day and they didn't really know that we were coming but there was an amazing turnout and people were saved and it was really cool to see um, God's work and again just us being able to trust in his plan and not our own. Amen. So Keith, Annie said it well, our mission is to go share the gospel. We're partnering along with what God's already doing so we observe where is God at work and how can we join him in that work of what he is doing whether it's in our own community or around the world. Sometimes that things don't go as planned. Well, then you change gears according to God's changing your gears. He's putting you exactly where you wanted you to be all along. And so with that said, on our missions aspect of our ministry this year, we had the blessing to support monthly, and we make a commitment to this, local mission partners. If you're not familiar with all of our mission partners, local and global, there's a brochure out on the front table today you can pick up that has mission partners on it. It tells you who all they are. But locally, this would be your Pregnancy Care Center, the Dogwood Valley Ranch, the Safe Havens, and uh, ministries like that, FCA, things that happen right here in our own community, that we support them on a monthly basis. They can count on that as part of their ministry. But there's also local projects that we engage in. And sometimes these projects, we need to help fund those through the school system. We've helped with backpacks, with meals, with all sorts of things. But there's also projects that sometimes we need to make money for or provide funding for. Um, for example, um, I see Bill and Debbie back there. Bill often connects with us because of his ministry through the Senior Center of Ozark. And there's often projects that we can provide a labor of love to help someone that maybe needs a wheelchair ramp or a handrail or needs a door opening widened out for wheelchair access or something of that nature. And so we budget the dollars to be able to do those projects. But even though this last year we had several of those, um, the funding ended up coming from a lot of different places. So whether it was through the uh, county or individuals, but we ended up not having to spend those dollars as much on our own, but we're planning for it nevertheless. Great ministry opportunity where God has now stretched our hand as far down into Ozark area like that uh, when it comes to helping the seniors in that community and in this community right here. This turned into a lot of 
beds, bed building, food delivery, clothes, things, not just that direction, but right here under our own nose where God gives us opportunities through the school system. This turned into something really amazing because we were starting to buy and build a lot of beds. Well, God connected us to a ministry called Sleep in Heavenly Peace that provides twin-size beds for students or children ages 3 to 18 for free. For free. And so now God has stretched our footprint with SHP, Sleep in Heavenly Peace, for all of this Rogersville, Stratford, Seymour, Fordland, Sparta, and now Ozark. We've stretched our, our chapter, as we're called, of reach clear to Ozark when it comes to the SHP beds. And this is part of Jack and Caleb. Every time one of those come in, those guys go build beds and take care of those families. But it becomes a place where the gospel gets to be ministered and the labor of love gets to continue. This is an amazing ministry. And even this week, there's several beds that will be built. When it comes to our global mission partners, we have partnerships in Togo and Zambia. Uh, Ukraine, and these become monthly commitments that we have made to these individuals so they know that this do these dollars are coming. But there's also dollars that come in for projects. We budget for projects that we can foresee as much as we can, but there's often things that happen we don't know. And part of this is how we, the money is accounted for when it comes in. Our church budgets out of the general fund that comes in. That general fund also has mission dollars already built into it because we want to be faithful to, do, to give to missions always. But in addition to that, when we have money that comes in that's greater than our budget requirements, then we tithe on that again to missions and add more money back into missions from that overage amount. Well, that is what enables even more projects to be done. So when you look at this, we budgeted one number, but then we actually spent 60000 It's like, well, that looks like bad stewardship. No, it's great stewardship because all that meant was the amount of overage that came into our church above our regular giving and our, our required giving, I should say, for the, for the budget items enabled for those projects to be done. That is incredible. The amount of ministry that God has allowed us to be a part of. This next year, this is by bold faith. We're trusting God for some of these things to do this again. But this is dependent on, the, will the resources facilitate that? But we have to have a plan. We want to execute a plan. So as we consider then also the benevolence dollars that, that uh, we trust God for, this is how we help families in an immediate crisis need uh, just right now. One of the things we had no way to plan for this year was the Ukrainian situation, the war, and also the influx of Ukrainians coming into our community that needed help due to the war. When this took place, we had some outside funding that came into our church that took care of the majority of this need. But to serve our Ukrainian friends that have moved into this community that literally showed up with the clothes on their back, and we partnered together with other churches to help accomplish some things. But this turned into we were receiving donations of money and furniture and taking those things and then furnishing people's homes and helping them buy clothes, helping them get their, their refrigerator stocked. We were supplying appliances, what it would take to actually set up and live. And that was all done on this Ukrainian benevolence We've reduced the dollar figure we anticipate for that this next year, and that may have been a bad idea. I'm not sure yet, but we'll see. But 
The Lord always provides this. But even we, we saw a slowdown in the Ukrainian requirements until this last week, and it went poof, big again. And so that's why I'm like, uh-oh, hope we plan for that, okay? But we're going to trust God if we didn't. We also were able to send, guys, money to Ukraine to a mission partner that is living right now in eastern Ukraine, an area that is just getting bombed to pieces. And he's still there. And he is going village to village and working with the local pastors to have a mission channel for the gospel to be shared, to meet immediate needs with food, clothing, and generators and whatever they can get their hands on. And they're running into many places now where the church is disintegrated, the pastor was killed, and most of the church members are scattered. And now he's coming in and there's no church presence to facilitate so we are partnering to help him to go into those places as well and facilitate things that uh, are impossible, it seems. This is what drives, and we bolded this out, the bold faith component for our church when it comes to mission and ministry. This is what we budgeted. We spent, you can see how much, in this next year, Lord willing, we want to give bountifully to missions how God would see fit. I hope I explained it clear. How do we fund that? Sometimes it's with a designation, but it's because we take the amount that was budgeted and then the overage and be able to give according to that. This is bold faith. We don't see this yet, but we're trusting God for it. To give you some perspective, the total expenses for our church this last year were $456,000. When you compare that to the $700,000 plus thousand that came in, the net Positive was $264,000 on the positive side. Praise the Lord for that. That is amazing. And with that, along with the bold faith commitments that people have made, which you turned in, many of you did commitment cards. Some of it was one-time gifts that were at the end of the year. Many of you gave or made a commitment on a weekly, monthly, or annual way to give to bold faith uh, for a building project. Well, this is where I want you to, if you would, turn to the back side of your brochure. You can see that little floor plan. You've seen it before. And I want to explain a couple of things to you about this. What's on the back of your brochure today is a facility design, footprint design, that's about 22,000 square feet. Our building committee group, which is made up of our trustees, along with uh, Derek Lee, which is super helpful in that role as a civil engineer, was able to help us to develop a plan, a long-term plan. This was difficult. And let me explain why. Because in order to do that property the right way and building process the right way, we had to think down the road bigger than where we are today. What is this property going to look like years from now? Well, it's hard to say, isn't it? So we had to establish a building design because the builders would tell us clearly, if you're going to just build like a gymnasium and it stands alone by itself, well, that's fine. There are certain structure members and all the skin that goes on it that does one thing. But if you're going to add to that and there's other pieces connected to that, well, then you need to make sure your structures are done correctly and the footings and all this. It's building terminology. Bottom line is you have to have a total plan 
when you get started so you don't have to go back and reinforce and spend money later or build back over the top of yourself or build something that is disjointed and actually doesn't flow together at all. And so this is the plan we laid out back at the beginning of our bold faith journey. And I told you then that this is a, this is a big dollar right here. At current values, this, it'd take over $4 million to build that. Well, we're, lay it out. Bold faith. I don't mind to ask God for $4 million or more. But if that's not what God chooses to provide right now, that's okay. And we've discussed that. We're going to move at God's pace, God's direction, God's leading, God's timing. That's how we want to run. And so at present, we have now the commitments. We have the dollars that you can see on hand. We have approached a couple of different financial institutions about where we are and what is the possibility. We have two different uh, financial institutions that are faith-based, denomination-based, that though we are not a denomination-based church, they are more than willing to loan to our church if we choose to build. And what that means is they are saying, you guys have the means right now to handle easily two and a half million dollar project. And you already have the cash on hand for the down payment. You have the means to borrow the rest to do the project and the monthly payment it would require to do that. You could do that. So you take that possible dollar figure and give that to the contractors and say, now, this is what we were aiming for. But now how could we possibly do that in pieces according to what we do have? And we're going to move then at God's pace. Well, that is the process that we are in right now. Is, okay, if this is where the resources that are made available, what can we accomplish that fits into that big footprint? What can we do in the present that makes sense with the long haul? And so I'm thrilled for the fact that, number one, we have a couple of financial, op, uh, uh, financial institutions that would love to loan us the money at a very competitive rate because in the faith-based foundation world, um, they take the interest that we pay and it helps facilitate another church to do the very same thing we're doing. It's really pretty amazing programs that are available. But we want to see, what does God have for us in that? And so until we get more information back from the builders and we say, hey, these are our priorities. This is what we know we need to accomplish in the short run. We know what we're trying to accomplish in the ministry through that building for meeting the needs of our own church family. Week to week, when we come together to minister, what does that look like? We also know what God's given to us by having a church building across the street from a school system of what are we trying to accomplish with that. We've, we've been involved in a lot of things before and after school. We're testing that. We're engaging that on purpose. We're wanting to reach, reach people with the gospel. And so how would this facility that we're talking about, how can we accomplish that at the same time? This is all the things that are in the works at the moment. But I can tell you this. The commitments that you all made and the consistency over the last four years that our church has been in existence has made this even a reality. And so now we're at a spot. It's a great spot. There's a fun spot. As now, taking the tools that we've been given and now let's see, what can we do? And so it won't be long, I think, and we'll get some information back and then we'll lay some of those things out in front of you and say, okay, based on what we understand with the dollars available, this is what we feel like uh, we can construct at this time. And then we can start discussing the details about what that would look like. Something that's kind of amazing, but meanwhile, 
while all of this is happening in the background, uh, one of the things that we prayed and hoped for was having a, um, our church be connected even to public utilities is one of the things that I've asked us to pray about in the beginning. And uh, the sewer system now, this is really kind of getting exciting here, but the sewer system <laughs> for Rogersville used to be so far away it was going to be very costly to connect to, and they have now are moving that whole sewer main much closer to our property. We saved thousands of dollars just sit still and wait, and it has already uh, is coming to pass right now in the next few weeks, in fact. And this the highway is about to, all that construction's all about to happen right now. If you've seen all that on the news, it's all going down. That's why it's getting messy, and it's going to get messier. But at the end of the day, um, to have a church right here located where we are, in proximity to all that's happening at this intersection, it's an exciting time for our church. But this is a, I love this, these moments. I hope that maybe this morning to not get caught up in the weeds of dollars and cents, but to capture the vision of what God has for us, that God is allowing us to be a part of what he's doing in our community, but around the world. We've got a team right now. John and Cynthia just got home from Nicaragua just last night late. We've got a team going to Togo, Africa in February. We've got another team going in June. And we're engaging ministries all over the place. And, and not only that, um, God's allowing us to do things right here in this community and through one community church. And I want to thank you this morning. It's a great privilege for me to be your pastor and to be able to serve alongside of all of you and to be able to be a part of what God's doing and to share with you, wow, this is what we trust God for. And there's so much here that we, this is what we can see so far. But it seems like that's only a tiny bit, but God's got so much. And we're trusting God one step at a time to proceed forward at his pace, showing us which way to go. And because of that, this is where I would like us this morning to just come together in prayer. If you have questions, and I probably left a lot of things undone, I'm sure. If you have questions that have to deal with money, ask the trustees about that stuff. We would love to talk to you more about that. If you have any questions, feel free to always ask those. But we have much to pray for. And so if I could this morning just ask all of us as a church, break into small groups with the people that are close to you. If you don't want to pray out loud, don't feel any pressure to do that. You can sit in silence and pray silent in your heart. But I want us to gather together in small groups around this room for just a few moments. David Mercer will come in just a moment to pray over us, and, and then Caleb will dismiss us today. But I feel like at this moment, when we consider all, God has done miraculous things through one community church. Has he not? And I am so excited for the future of what this is going to look like. And man, if, we, if this doesn't just get you stirred up, I don't know what would. Of things we have been trusting God and talking about for years now. Four years. And now we're watching this literally come to pass.